Welcome back to another Daily Walk. This is our part two, because last week we start to introduce the beginnings of Genesis, and we just do not have enough time to fit it into one Daily Walk. So I want to go ahead and get into the pre-flood times. And I think some of the most significant pre-flood times comes in this period when Cain, uh, Cain is now meandering the earth after the death of, of Abel. Of course, he is sent out. Now, here is another important point. Um, so Cain and Abel are those first two sons of Adam and Eve. Obviously, where are the daughters, you know, where did these women come from? Adam and Eve. All people came from Adam and Eve. So yes, they were marrying their sisters. No, this wasn't West Virginia. This happened to be in Israel, in Palestine. But at that point in time, people lived to be 900 years old. Why? Because first, our human genome was perfect and pure at that time. Second, the earth had this deep firmament. This is what we saw early on in Genesis 1. There was a firmament above the earth. That firmament was a giant thick water layer that would protect us from the power of the sun. And when that was lifted in the fall, at that point in time, the people started to live shorter and shorter lives because now the genome is becoming corrupted. The power of the sun's rays age us, literally us being here in the age. I can kind of see a dystopian future where everybody lives indoors to try and resist the aging process. It won't happen because of the crazy free radicals involved in the food we eat as well. Um, it's a fun dystopian story if you want to think about one. <laughs> but and that being said, uh, the people are now walking around, and what we start to see here is Adam lived 130 years. He became the father of a son in his own likeness and his image and named him Seth. So now we have Seth, and then Eve looks at this and says something no other woman says, hey, look, I have a replacement for Abel. <laughs> Think about modern world, right? Oh, my baby died. Let's just make another baby to replace him, huh? <laughs> okay. Eve is a little insensitive. You can kind of see why she fell. You know. uh, but that being said, um, this is going to become important here in a minute. But what it describes here is Seth lives 800 years. Uh, after that, he became the father of Enosh. He had other sons and daughters. And then all of these people are describing. And then we're getting down some details and some information here. So, of course, we have Methuselah. He's the oldest. So we see here in these generations is as the people are coming down, we start seeing things like the creation of music. We start seeing the creation of, uh, of the farmers. We start seeing the, the creation of these. So we have um, uh, Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. So the shepherds, his brother's name was Jabul. He was the father of all those who play the pipe and the lyre. This is the creation of music. We have Zilla. She gave birth to Tubal-Cain, um, Tubal the forger of all implements of bronze and iron. So this is the creation of weapons and other implements of iron and stuff. All of this is happening before the flood. So our world and our civilization is going out. And then, of course, we have somebody else kills somebody else. He says that his, uh, his appointment is as much uh, greater than those. And then what ends up happening is... In Genesis 6, we start seeing the wickedness of mankind. This is that controversial chapter that there is a lot of discussion, debate, and different people on different sides of the aisle will, uh, will have different viewpoints. So, it starts out Genesis 6-1. It came about when the men began to multiply in the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for them whomever they chose. 
Lord said, My spirit shall not drive, strive with man forever, because he is also flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be limited to 120 years. Now, it's a side note, a scientific article came out recently just said it's not possible for people to live much beyond 120 years. Very interesting. Why did this happen? Now, that is a dual prophecy. On one hand, in 120 years is when God is sending the flood and wiping out mankind. But at that same time, God also moves into motion the change where when you start mapping the ages of people's lives, there is a sharp decrease until into the time of Moses. At that point in time, nobody's living past 120 years. Very interesting. And it starts right here at that point. And verse 5, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, that the intent and the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out the man I created from the face of the earth, man from animals to creeping things, birds of the sky. I am sorry that I have made them. <laughs> okay. Now, this is going to be the controversial part, and it's going to tie into Seth. It's going to tie in to the sacrifices. It's going to tie into these. Who are the sons of God? Why did God send a flood? This is so controversial because... On the one hand, one theological camp, now there's a third party and it's kind of outrageous. We're just going to cover the two basic teachings about this. On one teaching, the sons of God are the descendants of Seth. The descendants of Seth come in and they see the descendants of Cain and that is the corruption. The problem is we have what is described in Genesis 6 as effectively superhumans on the earth. Verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and afterward, when the sons of God came and the daughters of men, they bore children to them. Those who were mighty men, who were men of old, men of renown. Okay, so, on the one view, the sons of God were the descendants of Seth, the sons of, or the daughters of men were the descendants of Cain. The problem we have here is that it describes here later on in the text that all men's hearts were evil and wicked. God sent to and fro seeking out any righteous and all he found was Noah. So Noah himself was righteous. The other view is that those sons of God are angels and daughters of men are the people and we are having a superhuman breed. Subcategorize under this, some will suggest that Noah was the last pure-blooded human and everybody else had been corrupted by the demonic views, like the demonic bloodline. Going back to Genesis 3, the demons know what's coming through Christ and they're trying to get into the bloodline of the Savior, if not A, to pollute it and destroy it, or B, to become saved through it. This is why there's controversy around these verses. Some of these might be more outlandish, some of these are not. I'll tell you where I sit. I sit down the side suggesting that the sons of God in that verse are demonic beings. I do not hold the view that they're trying to pollute in the bloodline and become saved through the line of Christ. And that's why God wiped them out. I think that those are two separate issues. The reason I take that is because whether you're coming from Seth, understand, is a descendant of Adam. Because Seth is a descendant of Adam, he is inbound with the original sin. His heart is also man's heart, which is evil continually. Do not sit here and tell me that Seth is this line of holy and righteous men, while all of the daughters, because, you know, half of Seth's children are going to be women and half of Cain's children are going to be men. 
We have serious conflicts about this if you're trying to say that the sons of God are the explicitly the the just the people of Seth and the daughters of men are just the people of Cain. We have some serious biological problem with that. Furthermore, that text, the the word in the Hebrew, the sons of God, is translated absolutely everywhere in scripture as angel, and it is interpreted in our Bibles as angel everywhere else in the scripture. I think there's one exception to that, uh, which is very clear what it's talking about. But with that being said, uh, we have some controversy about it. And then now, is the flood coming because man himself is completely wicked or is the flood coming because man is now corrupted in the bloodline except for the last pure blooded man, which would be uh, Abr- or, uh, Noah. So this is where there is deep controversy. Now, if you look into the book of Enoch, he intends to support the sons of God portions, at least part of that theory. And those texts are also quoted in 2 Peter and in Jude. So it brings itself a little bit of credence. However, the book of Enoch is not a canonical resource and certainly has some more fantastic, clearly non-biblical elements to it. So we cannot suggest that it is going to help clarify a difficult point in scripture. But the point remains, there is a lot of controversy and there are a lot of good arguments on both sides of these coins. I've laid out my arguments why I think it is. But what we see regardless is Genesis before the flood is fascinating and I think you could spend a lifetime studying it. So hopefully I opened up your eyes to some thought and some idea and some objective to do your own research and come up with your own views. Trust me, we can be friends no matter which view you take. Um, But those are my reasons and my explanations. And I thought it was a nice little uh, fascinating view. So thanks for coming along. Have a look over the website, rwalkinchrist.com. Sign up for the newsletter over there and we will see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.